Welcome to Stoked with Megan McPhail, the podcast that helps you get super effing jazzed about your work, life, and bank account. I'm your host, Megan McPhail, a former burnt-out emergency veterinarian that quit my hard-earned career to become a seven-figure business coach, entrepreneur, and elopement photographer. Now I'm living a life I absolutely love, full of travel, adventure, and financial abundance, and I am hell-bent on inspiring others to do the same. Are you ready to say goodbye to the 9-to-5 grind and start going after some big, bold dreams? Then let's dive into this week's episode. Hey, hey, it's your host, Megan McPhail, and I'm here on a solo episode to talk to you all about how being an emergency veterinarian actually made me a better business owner. And I'm going to go through five reasons why that is the case. And hopefully you can take some of these tips (laughs) to become a better business owner yourself. First, though, I got to say I'm kind of on the struggle bus today. Todd and I spent, I think it was either 10 days or two weeks in Hawaii on the big island. We had the best time. We photographed and filmed a elopement out there with a really cool couple. And we enjoyed cruising around, like discovering little parts of the island, drinking local Kona coffee, eating acai bowls every day. Like it was such a great trip. And we went straight from Hawaii to Michigan, which is a six-hour time difference. And our flight got delayed, and we ended up flying overnight. We went to Michigan to hang out with Todd's family. That was awesome. It was so great to hang out with his whole family. But like the six-hour time difference was a struggle, to say the least. And then we just got home a few days ago, and we were... Woken up around 3 a.m. with Piper, our one-year-old dog, she started coughing and she wouldn't stop and she was really lethargic and her respiratory rate was high and I was kind of freaking out because my brother just lost his dog to an acute respiratory distress episode overnight. So I'm watching her and I'm like, we got to bring her to the ER. We got to. Like, I'm not going to be able to sleep. I'd rather just get some x-rays done and know right away what's going on with her. And of course, you know, we bring her in. We're there for like six hours or something crazy. And of course, she has something really weird. That's probably from parasites and she was a rescue. So we're going to take her to an internist and stuff like that later on. But anyway, I'm tired AF. (laughs) We did not get home till like 1030 a.m. We went back to bed. Luckily, our older dogs napped just fine and we pretty much just slept until 3 p.m. and now I'm I'm doing some podcast episodes. But this is the perfect one to do after a night in the ER because for one I'm really proud of myself cuz I did not get horrible anxiety and like kind of freak out and spiral. It did bring up a lot of negative memories for me, but I have had horrible reactions in the past to stepping foot in an animal hospital and like my anxiety will go through the roof and I'll just start thinking about all the animals I couldn't save or just some bad scenarios. And I think I'm recovering pretty well, or I think I'm doing pretty well considering I had to spend like six hours in the animal hospital. Also, what's so cool is because I'm not broke as a joke anymore, Whatever they were charging for x-rays and the meds and the blood work and whatever the internist charges and if we have to do, you know, advanced diagnostics, I don't care because I have money to pay for all of it. It is zero stress to me 
And that is an amazing feeling when you can go to a hospital and get appropriate diagnostics done and appropriate treatments done and know you're doing everything for your animal to the best of everyone's abilities and you're not stressed about it. And that is one of the things I talk about all the time is the one of the reasons why I want to help people make more money is so they can bring their dogs to the vet and not freak out because almost every owner I ever helped at an ER was like, I can't afford this, you know, they didn't have money and savings for their animals. So one of the one of the reasons I want everyone to have more money is so that they can afford emergency care for their pets, emergency care for themselves, emergency care for their children, and not have to like, try to take shortcuts. So that was a really cool thing. But I am on the struggle bus. I am freaking tired. I've been tired for like a week now. And I don't know how all you people with kids do it because I'm used to like my nine hours of sleep a night. So anyway, to the episode. So being an emergency veterinarian definitely helped me be a better business owner or see more success in my business quicker. And There's so many reasons for that. I could probably go into like a dozen different reasons. I'm going to try to limit it to five, depending on how much time we have. But one of the biggest reasons why I think being a veterinarian made me a better business owner is because there's a lot of grace with failure in veterinary medicine. That was one lesson that I learned quickly is that we aren't perfect. Medicine isn't black and white. There's tons of shades of gray. And sometimes things don't go the way you want. Either a treatment plan that has, you know, worked and every other scenario didn't work that time or an owner won't let you do enough diagnostics to truly know what's going on. So you're making an educated guess or somebody doesn't follow your treatment plan or something just like a freak thing happens and a surgery goes poorly. I mean, there's just so many scenarios where things don't work out the way that you wanted them to, and an animal either does poorly or dies or is euthanized or owners are mad. And we were really good at kind of consoling each other in those moments. Like, We would tell each other, you know, you did the best you could with the information you had at the time. It's just a freak thing. It wasn't your fault. It doesn't mean that you're a bad doctor. You can't care more than the owner does. If they won't let you do certain things and it ends up ending negatively for the animal, like you can't care more than the owner does. And, you know, you didn't fail at this. You've learned how to maybe communicate it next time or when to pivot. There's just so many things where if you quote unquote failed as a veterinarian, your colleagues would kind of come in and help you mentally recover from that. And I think in business, it's very similar where things often don't go as planned or the same thing that worked in the past doesn't work this time or your expectations were not reality or things didn't happen on a timeline that you wanted, or you put something out into the world and thought it was great, but no one bought it. I mean, there's all these like, quote unquote, ways to fail in business. But if you think of it the way I was able to always turn it around as a veterinarian, like if you think, okay, it's not a failure, just didn't happen how I wanted it to, I'm going to learn from this, I'm going to change up for next time, or I'm not going to do that next time, or I'm going to do it this way next time. I just don't think there's really truly any failure in business. And everything is, again, shades of gray. Business is very often not black or white. Most things in life aren't. And 
everything's a learning experience. Thank God business is not life or death because oftentimes the bad scenarios that I'm talking about when I was an emergency vet, like surgeries that didn't work out or treatment plans that didn't work for whatever reason, a lot of times that ended up in death. And nothing in business ends up with anyone dying, really, at least nothing that I'm involved in. So if I can turn around all these horrible situations into, I mean, they're not really positive, but just like switching my brain around so that I don't dwell on them and that I learn and keep going, that is a very, very amazing skill to have. And sometimes that requires a lot of practice and kind of rewiring of your brain to be able to take a negative situation or what you perceive as a negative situation and be able to switch it to a positive and not really wallow in it. So that was a huge thing for me. Again, it's like if I can do surgeries, if I can amputate legs, if I can treat cancer, if I can save the life of a dog that was gored by a deer or hit by a car or bit by a rattlesnake, I can build a freaking business, right? So that was one of the things that really helped me when I was growing my business was this kind of grace with failure and seeing everything as learning opportunities and switching a lot of negative things into positives or at least things that like, I wasn't like, oh my God, I'm such a failure. I'm the worst. I can't be a business owner. Who do I think I am? Like, I wouldn't let my brain go down that path. So that would be number one. Number two is taking action. I learned early on that as an emergency vet, you got to constantly be taking action. When you have a dog come in, a patient come in the door that is super sick or hit by a car, you don't just like look at them and and think, (laughs) you know, you don't just think like, okay, well, just by sitting here thinking I can figure this stuff out. Like, no, you have to constantly take action and all the answers are revealed to you as you are taking that action. So if a dog comes in that's hit by a car, we're getting a weight, we are placing a catheter, we are getting a temperature check, pulse, respiratory rate, you know, we're looking at those numbers, blood pressure, blood glucose, all those things. If the blood pressure is low, which it probably is, then I am giving a fluid bolus through that IV catheter. I am monitoring the respiratory rate and the heart rate and the blood pressure as I'm giving the fluid bolus. I'm even feeling the femoral pulses to see if they're weak, if they're thready, if they're bounding and what response there is to the fluids. I'm pulling over my ultrasound and I'm just making sure there's no internal bleeding in the abdomen or the pericardial cavity or thoracic cavity. I am continuously assessing like once it's a little more stable, I might stand them up to see if there's any issues with standing and any obvious limb fractures. So everything kind of reveals itself to you as you're taking action. And then like the game plan and like the recommended course of treatment and diagnostics kind of like creates itself because you're taking all these actions. I used to have one colleague who would just kind of sit and stare at patients as if she's just going to have this like miracle thought of what to do. And I'd be always like, no, 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 you have to take action. You have to take action. You can't just like sit and think. If you take action, everything reveals itself. And if you just try to sit and think, that's when it gets really overwhelming and anxiety producing because you don't really, you don't know which way to go. Whereas if you're taking action on things and kind of evaluating as you go, what's working, what's not, then everything just reveals itself to you. And it's a lot easier (laughs) 
And that's what I do with business too. And I tell people all the time, like if you recognize that you are stuck in like a thought loop or an anxiety spiral or you're feeling overwhelmed, that is a sign to take action. Just take a little action. Even if my action was just rechecking blood pressure or rechecking a temperature or using the ultrasound probe again to see if any internal bleeding was created from my fluid bolus or something like that, there's always something that could be done that can help. And in business, it's the exact same way. Even little baby steps can build your confidence and kind of just reveal to you what the next steps for you are, whether it is running an ad, creating a graphic, creating a freebie, writing a blog post, posting an Instagram caption. Like there's so many actions that you can take as a business owner and sitting and thinking about things just never, ever leads to anything productive. It just gets us stuck. It makes us scared. It makes us fearful. Our perfectionism comes out. Our imposter syndrome comes out. And it just delays your success as a business owner, essentially. You've got to just take action. And I think that, well, I know that my propensity to just throw myself into things and just just take action when I have an idea. I'm just like, I'm just doing it to see how it works. You know, I'm not perfect about it. I'm just throwing things out there. And that has really helped me grow all my businesses. So number one was grace with failure. Number two is taking action. And number three is diagnosing. So I dealt with tons of sick animals. And a lot of sick animals with very different diseases with very different treatment plans present the same way, you know, lethargic, fever, vomiting and diarrhea. I mean, like those are so nonspecific things that are just like, yeah, this dog could have cancer, it could have diabetes, it could have a million other things or just like it just ate something wrong. It's going to be totally fine tomorrow with no treatment plan whatsoever. So diagnosing is a huge part of being an emergency vet and kind of like starting big and realizing like, okay, I have a million potential causes to the sick dog. Let's start knocking out what they could be. Let's do it in a stepwise order. And let's go through like the things that kind of like look at big systems, and then we'll narrow it down into smaller systems and do it in like a methodical way that kind of either will definitively diagnose what's going on, or at least rule out some really scary things. So that's the approach that I take with my coaching students. I know in business, like, Being a successful business owner is not just for a lucky few people that luck out somehow by going viral or whatever the heck. I mean, that does happen every once in a while for people. And unfortunately, those people oftentimes become educators and they don't even know how they built their business because they lucked out and they have trouble explaining it to other people. But there are ways to build businesses that are kind of foolproof and will, will work for anybody. And First, a lot of times I have to diagnose what's wrong with your business before we can build it up, right? So that's what I do in most of my coaching programs and definitely in the elopement photographer mastermind. If you're an elopement photographer and your business is not booming, we go through a stepwise way of diagnosing why that is. And then we monitor your numbers every month to make sure things are working. And if things aren't working, there's a way to troubleshoot them. So I mean, it's the exact same thing that I did with my patients, you know, like I would monitor their blood work numbers and that would tell me things. And I would take them through a series of diagnostic steps to tell me, okay, it's this, that or the other thing. And so it's no different in business, this diagnosing. 
And I even made like a free video at some point, which is now part of one of my pricing courses that's called Diagnosing the Disconnect. Why aren't you making six figures? And it kind of takes you through those steps. I mean, everything is figure outable. Marie Forleo says that all the time. And it's the same with business. It's the same with medicine. But you have to understand how to do those steps in order to diagnose things. And that's what being an ER vet taught me was like, first you start with this, then you go here. Like first you start with blood work and then maybe x-rays. And then if that doesn't tell you, maybe an abdominal ultrasound, maybe a CT scan, maybe more specialized blood work. I mean, it just kind of depends on what the results of the other diagnostics are to tell you where to go next and what ends up really being wrong. So number four has more to do with like client experience, which is communicating expectations I learned that I could be the greatest doctor in the world, and I was a really damn good doctor, but if I didn't communicate expectations clearly to owners as an ER vet, they would be fucking pissed, they would leave a negative review, and yeah, they would just not trust me. So communicating expectations is huge, whether you're an ER vet or an elopement photographer or business coach or whatever. If you work with people, communicating expectations is extremely important. For example, if I told an owner whose dog is hospitalized that I was going to call them at 7 a.m. with an update and then 9 a.m. rolls around and I haven't called them and they're calling the hospital to get an update, they're going to be pissed, right? That's not a good look. You know, if I tell them I'm going to call by nine and I call at eight, that is going above their expectations. And they were oftentimes so excited for that phone call and were so thankful. Same for if an owner asks to leave their dog's favorite stuffed animal and I say yes, and then the next day it's gone because it had to get washed and now it's lost, not a good look. If I explain to the owner that, we're so busy and things get dirty and there's a possibility that it's going to get lost. So I'd rather you just bring it during your visits than leave it here. Then they appreciate that. They understand that. Or if they do insist on leaving it and I already warned them it might get lost and it does get lost, they were prepared for that expectation, right? Because a lot of times people's happiness is based on like the difference between their expectations and reality, right? So if there's a big disconnect between those two, you're going to have some really unhappy people. I do the same with my elopement couples. Like if I say I'm going to get them sneak peeks the next day, I try to get them to them in the early morning and give 20 instead of 10. Whatever I tell them, I always want to go above and beyond those expectations, but then I also want to communicate to them. I always tell them the day that they can expect getting their gallery back, you know? So I've never in like three years, four years since I started doing that, no one's ever asked me like, when are my photos going to be done? Because I always tell them and it's always a month from their wedding date. I'm sure they're still on pins and needles, but again, I communicated that expectation and I almost always deliver ahead of time. Same with coaching. I have to communicate like when I'm available, what my boundaries are, that I'm not going to be answering things on the weekends, that I won't be answering things late at night, that if I'm shooting an elopement or traveling, that it might be a few days before I get back to people. If I told them that, you know, I'd answer every question within an hour and they don't get a question answered within three days, 
then they're going to be upset with me. But if I communicate like, hey, it takes a few days sometimes if I'm busy with other things, like they understand that and they they appreciate that, that communication. So I think that's huge. Communicating expectations is huge for making your clients, your couples, your students, whoever you're working with, it's to make them happy and not have a huge disconnect between their expectations and reality. If anything, I want the reality to exceed what their expectations are. And then finally, faking it till you make it is the last one. And I don't, I kind of hate that term because I don't really want you to fake it. But I remember, I mean, when I became a veterinarian, I was just thrown to the wolves, you know, like you go to school and you come out, your head has been buried in a book for like years. You come out and you have to like talk to people. You have to communicate to them in ways that they understand. You have to like upsell them on stuff essentially is what proposing diagnostics is. Like you really are just like you have to be a veterinarian, even though like when I graduated and became a doctor, I was 26 years old. I was a baby. I mean, thank God I was six feet tall because people took me seriously. (laughs) But I was a child and I didn't feel like a good veterinarian at the time. I didn't feel like I knew what I was doing. I was probably internally freaking out and had anxiety and was feeling overwhelmed. But, you know, when I was an ER vet, I was the only veterinarian. I was the only doctor in that hospital for like probably 15 hours at a time. I worked overnights and I had to act like I knew what I was doing, at least in front of my technicians and reception staff and owners, even if I did not feel confident. I mean, I would sometimes go and read books if I didn't know what was going on. I mean, there's always a way for me to find an answer, but I was never going to be like freaking out and just acting like I had no idea what I was doing. So really, I had to embody being a confident, successful, good doctor before I really was one. But that's also how I became such a good doctor, too, because I... Yeah, I had to like be able to walk into a room and communicate with an owner and explain to them what my thought process was and build trust all within a few seconds or minutes. And I think that really helped me in business because I've always embodied who I wanted to become. I never was like, oh, I can't do this. It's kind of like if I can walk into a hospital and (laughs) be the only one managing C-sections and performing emergency tracheostomies on bulldogs that can't breathe and doing all the crazy things that I did as an ER vet when I like internally felt like, oh my God, I'm just a fucking child. Like, what am I doing running this hospital by myself right now? But like by having to step up to that role, I became that role. If I was waiting until I felt like a confident, successful doctor to step into that role like it never would have happened because me embodying it before I actually was it is how I got there. And that's a lot of times in business what you have to do as well. I tell people in my mastermind, I'm like, you are a six-figure badass elopement photographer. Start acting like one, (laughs) you know? Start making the decisions that a six-figure elopement photographer would take. And that's like for me, working towards making a million dollars in a year, I am a badass seven-figure business coach and I 
have to act like one before I become one. That is the reason why I become one is because I embody it beforehand and I start making decisions as one beforehand and I start feeling it before it happens. So those are all the ways that I really feel like being a, an emergency veterinarian just helped make my transition into being a business owner that much easier and why I'm as successful as I am right now and why I will continue to be more and more successful as years go by because I don't think failure is a thing. I take action all the time. I know that everything is figure outable or diagnosable. That's really what I should start saying instead of stealing Marie Forleo's. <laughs> everything is figure outable. I should say everything is diagnosable. I prioritize communicating expectations with my people, my clients, my couples, my students, everybody. And I embody what I want to become before I become it. And that's why I become it. So it's like, Think it, believe it, be it. That's kind of what you have to do in order to reach these kind of higher levels of entrepreneurship. And hopefully that was really helpful for you guys. <laughs> and it was timely that I just happened to spend the night in a freaking ER last night. Yeah. So next episode, Todd's going to be back on with me. We are going to talk about decision fatigue because it's something I've been kind of struggling with lately. So we're going to unpack it. We're going to teach you guys about it and why it might be holding you back in business. And I'm super excited. And once again, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. See you next week. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode of Stoked with Megan McPhail. If you enjoyed the show and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe, leave a review and tell a friend. If you're looking for more inspiring content, check us out on Instagram at Stoked with Megan McPhail. And to learn more about my business coaching and how I can personally help you quit your nine to five, visit my website at meganmcphail.com. I hope this leaves you feeling stoked. See you next week.